0: This is Scott Klososki. You've landed at the Digital Optimist, a podcast that looks into the future of technology impacts on the world. Yeah, I see a brighter future coming, so jump into a few episodes and see if you agree. Doing the Digital Optimist podcast, there's a heavy responsibility to uh, try every single podcast to make sure that I am very clear and come up with good proof for why the future has something optimistic to look at. Now, we're in the relationship series, and it's time that we talk about friendships. Next time, we'll talk about families, and so we'll get a little bit deeper. But right now, we're at the the level of friendships. This is probably one of the tougher topics to cover uh, and then look at what an optimistic viewpoint might be. So first of all, let's just define, uh, when we're talking about friendships, there's a scale. Uh, We're talking about everything in here from uh, our network, which we did in the last podcast, all the way up to family. So we could be talking about close, personal, long-term friends. Uh, We could be talking about friendships that barely get out of the category of acquaintance. Uh, But generally, uh, we're just covering all bases as far as friendships, including what it means to have an online uh, or, let's say, synthetic friendship. So a few weeks ago, I went snowboarding with uh, three gentlemen who, uh, one was a client, uh, one worked for the client, and then one was on the board of the client. And uh, this was the first time that I did something, uh, let's say at a personal level with these with these gentlemen. And so for the first four days, we skied, I snowboard technically, but we were skiing, going up and down the mountains, we ate our meals together, we visited quite a bit all along the way. Uh, And we built more of a relationship. In other words, you could see the relationship morph uh, right in front of us from being a client and then into being friends. And so you think about how we would refer to each other. Maybe it was always clients before this, but after this experience, I would say, yeah, these are my friends. And I got to thinking about, well, why is that? Uh, Why do relationships morph from one level to the next level? And of course, it's shared experiences, conversations, what you know about each other changes. You start to know more about your families, your personal thoughts about life, your shared experiences, uh, whether those are both good or painful. Uh, And basically, a, a connection forms that's a tighter bond. Uh, Because you know more about each other. You probably trust each other at a higher level. Uh, There's more of a burden to uh, be there to help the other person if they were uh, to need to be helped. Because there is a difference between people I do business with and then people who are friends. Uh, now, we don't have to get into this in much deeper level because the concept here is just to understand how does the internet or how do digital tools change friendship? Uh, is that a negative or a positive thing? So in order to, to really even talk about the digital impact, we really need to, to define a little bit further everything that we're going to cover today. And so uh, I'd like to talk about the online version of a friend, right? We know that the physical side, you could have acquaintances, you can have, you know, hello, goodbye friends, you can have friends, you could have good friends, you could have those deep, lasting relationships. So we know there's a continuum there. But the new one, of course, is the addition of the online friend. And when we talk about the online friend, uh, I'd like to... Call it, let's say, a synthetic relationship. There's really two kinds of online friends, right? There's uh, an online friend who you've never seen in person, ever. Your only experience with them is online. And then there's the friend who you met uh, a long time ago or you see every once in a great while, but the vast majority of the interaction between you uh, is done online, and so those, you know, again, kind of the spread there in synthetic relationships. I, I, I don't use this word to be derogatory, by the way, synthetic. I just mean to say that there is not a, necessarily an in-person component to it. And so there is a level that is just missing because when you have an online friend, especially the version that you've never met in person, you're really lacking critical information about them, you know. It isn't that I still wouldn't say uh, between all the communication or shared experience, if you're a gamer, for example, uh, that I wouldn't say you were not a friend. Uh, I would just say that there's something missing. If you've never met the person. Now, if the vast majority of your communication is online, uh, but you've at least met the person, you at least have the validation that they're a real human being, Uh, they are the gender that they say they are, they are the age that they say they are, you at least have filled a bit those missing gaps. So you have a synthetic relationship that also could be turned a friend there are people today who obviously uh, this is hugely concerning to them. In other words, they would say, well, if the majority of your friends or are online friends, then that's a problem. You know you're lacking in in some of the critical elements of friendship that you need to have. Uh, and and I, I always say uh, that you need to have a balance. That it isn't an either or. I don't need to have all my friends be flesh and blood in person. I don't need to have all of my friends be uh, a thousand synthetic relationships. Uh, like most things in life, having a balance is probably the more appropriate place to be. What I do think we have to recognize, though, is the, the online synthetic relationships can sometimes be a bit like a sweetener that tastes like sugar, but it's not. Uh, In other words, uh, it gives you an impression of being sweet, but at the end of the day, it it may have no calories, which might be a good thing or a bad thing, Uh, but it, it is just a simulation of the real thing. And I think this is maybe the downside, before I get into the more optimistic view, of what happens if you have an imbalance of too many friends online. Uh, or if most of your deeper relationships are with people online, uh, if most of the truly honest conversations that you have are, are online, uh, then you may be unbalanced in that you are leaning too heavily on the synthetic side of life. Now, again, no judgments here. Uh, you know, there are people who are can't not very mobile, can't leave and move from their house, Uh, where for physical reasons, um, this is an absolutely wonderful thing to be able to have friendships like this, or uh, people who live in a country where uh, for whatever reason, um, they need to connect with people across the world to be able to have the type of friendships that they want, or they just want to have friendships with different cultures. So uh, again, not, no judgment, uh, but just the awareness I think we all know, get in balance with your synthetic relationships, and there are probably uh, a downside to this. Now, when we talk about the word friendship, uh, let's go a little bit further into what the impact of digital uh, is today. You know, I, I grew up at a time without social networking, so I grew up at a time where we didn't have the tools to be able to connect one-to-one, one-to-many, uh, so we had a telephone. That was it. If you wanted to connect to somebody who wasn't physically near you, you had uh, two options, a letter, a telephone. Uh, the letter took forever. Uh, the telephone was easier, uh, and it was just a disembodied voice, and depending on how far you were calling, it might have even been expensive. So when social networking tools came along in the early 2000s, I I was uh, excited to see them uh, because I got to live through a time where I could connect with people who were around me, and it just gave me another channel to be able to talk to them. Uh, But it also opened up a new horizon, which was connecting with people that I had formerly been friends with but hadn't had any contact with for years. Now, that could be somebody I went to high school with, you know, 30 something years ago. Uh, Or uh, it could just be somebody who uh, I used to work with a dozen years ago. And in both cases, I might have never talked to that person again were it not for social networking tools. And so, you know, these started slowly, and then we gained more and more of these tools, and today they're changing all the time as far as their method for talking, whether it's uploading pictures or videos or whether it's just uh, talking in text. But I will say, uh, I, I love the fact that we have tools today that allow us to stay in much tighter contact with people we might have completely lost contact with before. Uh, that I find to be... A wonderful, a wonderful thing. Now, are there problems with social networking? Sure. Uh, again, we could go back to balance. People who spend way too much time uh, on investing in their social networking when they've got somebody who they could connect with sitting right across from them on the couch, sure, that's a problem. Uh, if people are nurturing 200 synthetic relationships through social networking and only one close friend in person... You're right. You know, we're back to this issue of, of being out of balance, uh, but I think we could agree, those of us who use social networking tools, they have a great capability of allowing us to maintain friendships that in the past we would not have had any physical way to be able to maintain those. Uh, and I appreciate those. Uh, there are people that are that live in other countries. I've connected with people I went to school with. I've connected with. Uh, in some cases, it's very high level. Just you know, I know what they're doing. They might know a little bit about what I'm doing. But in other cases, we've actually been able to go back into having pretty good levels of conversation online uh, about what our thoughts are. Uh, and I value this capability so that. Uh, I don't have friendships with people that bleed away just because we're not physically close or we don't work at the same organization anymore. So I imagine you have the same type of relationships that you can maintain. Now, we also, of course, uh, got very basic things like email, uh, text messaging. So basic new channels of communication that, uh, although different than social networking, also provide... A inexpensive, if not really free, method for being able to communicate with anybody anywhere in the world. And we shouldn't look back the impact that just email has had at, at allowing us to keep in closer contact with people around us. Uh, I, I am able to have email conversations with relatives that, again, somewhat distant, maybe I would have lost some contact with them. Uh, and absolutely, that's true with a lot of the friendships that I have. Uh, that now I'm able to email people and catch up with them. Uh, If I see online that something has happened in their life, I'm able to use email to send a longer form communication uh, to be able to talk to them a little bit more deeply. Again, without having these tools, uh, would I have picked up the phone? Yeah, in some cases I probably would have. Uh, Would that have been something that uh, I would have done in each case? I don't know. Now, we also have video. So we have tools today that allow us to actually video with anyone anywhere in the world, anybody with, a, with a, a, an Internet connection. Uh, we can now actually talk to face-to-face. And I think about what a, what a blessing that is with technology, that uh, when it's time to actually catch up with somebody visually uh, or renew a friendship, we can actually just jump on a video, and again, really for, for just about free, uh, we can have almost a face-to-face conversation, and I think that's that's something that we'll do more and more. Uh, you, you know, we've had the capability to do that for a while, uh, but it still has not been completely normal for everybody. Uh, but I do believe that over time we're going to get better and better and better tools to not just record a video and post it, uh, but to just hit a couple buttons and be live video with somebody, uh, and just be able to chat with them pretty normally. Uh, Again, even though we have the capability today, it's probably underutilized. And of course, there is a big difference of being able to see facial expressions uh, and not just uh, type out a message or send a picture to somebody. And so uh, I'm high on the ability of being able to do video, especially when I go out further into the future and I think about augmented reality. And I think about having a heads-up display and the capability that uh, a a friend's face could pop into my vision, uh, and I could choose to accept the, the talk. And then uh, we could easily talk um, where I can still see whatever I'm doing, uh, but I could have a ghosted image of the person I'm talking to up and up and to the left in my vision. So I I think we've got a lot of room to improve on video uh, and using it to be able to stay connected with different people. I also believe that that given the time, we're going to have more and more capabilities to have, uh, let's say, we'll move synthetic friendships to more virtual friendships. Uh, we'll, we'll find a better balance between uh, meeting somebody physically and then being able to stay in touch with them using digital tools. And so we will be able to maintain more virtual relationships, uh, virtual friends, um, not so much even synthetic level. And so, uh, again, finding the balance between uh, what it is, what's needed to have that in-person friendship, uh, that looking at somebody in the eye, that shaking hands or giving somebody a hug, uh, that much more easy sharing of empathy or sympathy uh, because we're in person as we discuss, or the shared activities uh, that play such an important role in helping to build the friendship. So I, I think more and more technology uh, that allows us to do VR and AR, uh, if we even extend past AR to virtual reality, in uh, the ability to actually interact with the person, even though they might be thousands of miles away, and of course when uh, Facebook bought into the VR space and spent billions of dollars to be able to do an acquisition. Uh, I think it was pretty clear what they were trying to get to, which was a capability to use VR to actually be in the same space. And this always makes me think about Second Life and the fact that even though Second Life didn't become uh, a raging success as a virtual world, uh, I think it did prove out that there is some value uh, and some interesting aspects of being able to have a virtual location that you can go to to be able to quote-unquote meet with other people. Now, they were avatars in Second Life, but what happens when we do have a virtual space that you can go meet with somebody and it's actually their face, it's actually their body, it's actually their presence that we're able to share through the VR uh it's an interesting thought and again I, I think will be something that will become more and more normal that uh if i want to connect with somebody that i haven't seen for years uh if you think about the the layers of intimacy uh you know at the worst layer there's just sending an email you know at the next layer up it's uh you know maybe we're posting pictures and using some uh, flat media next level up we're doing a video uh chat next level up we're doing a vr chat uh, where we're physically uh, at least simulating being in the real space together. Uh, when I start looking at a world like this, and then I start thinking about the fact that we will learn to have better balance. We will, we will learn how to uh, be able to maintain deeper relationships um, on one hand in person, and then be able to mix in the virtual or synthetic relationships and find that right balance, and then I think about the technology that can augment the experience of being in person, this is when I start to get optimistic about friendships. When I when I add up uh, our being able to understand the need for balance with a continuing set of interesting channels, communication channels that we can use, uh, that, that would simulate back or create back some of what we lose being able to be in person. The visual clues that we get to see from uh, seeing with somebody. Uh, the shared experience of being able to see somebody as they age. You know, this is the problem I have with avatars. Uh, let us let me just paint a picture for you. Let's say I have a friend that uh, I played in a band with because I was in a rock band when I was in high school. And let's just say that the drummer from the rock band uh, wants to connect. I have not seen him since high school. Uh, I've actually seen and chatted with him online for just a minute one time. But let's imagine we went to that next level and we said, all right, let's use VR and let's get into a shared space. There is a huge difference whether the drummer shows up in an avatar body that's not really his, yet it's his voice, right, or his text, his mind that's communicating with me, or whether he shows up uh, with his real look. And if he and I both show up, we immediately have that shared experience of how much we've aged we immediately have all kinds of visual clues that help tighten our relationship because we are at least virtually being able to talk to each other. Uh, I really believe that this is the kind of thing that doesn't seem like it makes a big deal now, Uh, but once we have a much better ability to use VR to be able to be in presence with somebody, we will notice how much that's able to amplify the closeness of a relationship uh, you know to a level that uh, is it as good as being there in person? No, is it much better than social technologies or what we have today? Yes, it will be. So in the end, I think we'll have a lot more options uh, of technology that can help enhance our friend friend groups uh, and I think it will help us widen our sphere of positive influence. And in some cases, we'll actually be able to take a synthetic relationship and turn it into something much more substantial because we'll be able to break down the digital walls that exist today. And so the issue of catfishing, where uh, I have a synthetic relationship with somebody, but I really do not know for sure if it's them, at a point in time where I could do a verified VR chat with somebody, uh, you know, then I would actually know for sure This is the person that I am talking to. And again, it would have to be a verified, somehow verified VR chat. So the person was not simulating some other body or simulating some other appearance than what is really theirs. But I think we will get there. And once we get there and have these kinds of options, uh, like I said, we will be able to break through some digital walls. And I think it will be able to allow us to create a good balance between physical relationships and the online or the digital relationships. When that happens, I do think... It's going to be able to help a number of different people. Yes, it will help people who uh, have friends spread out all over the world, or they have moved to a new city, or they've moved to a new country. It'll help them stay connected. Uh, It will help people as they get older to not lose relationships that they had built somewhere along the way. It'll help people who are physically challenged and and, uh, don't easily get out to physically be able to maintain relationships. Uh, I think it it will also just help uh, broaden people's uh, palette, let's say, of friendships and people that they can connect to as opposed to just the people they're physically with. So if you live in a town of 300 people uh, way out in the middle of the country on a ranch, Uh, you know, this gives you an ability to be able to connect and have friends around the world uh, that you just physically couldn't do in the small town that you live in. So there's many situations where I look and say, yep, the new technology we get is going to really change the game as far as friendships. And this is why I am digitally optimistic uh, about what will happen with friendships and technology. But as I mentioned at the beginning, Uh, This one is a tough one, uh, because today, as we sit here, in a lot of cases, there are negative aspects of what technology is doing to friendships. Uh, It is uh, creating a a situation where many people are trading uh, quantity for quality. So they have lots of online relationships, but they have uh, many less relationships that are deep. And so uh, it, 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 that does concern me, that people get to having zero or only one or two deep relationships and hundreds of really um, surface relationships that are more synthetic. So. Uh, uh, setting the concerns aside, setting the concerns aside that some people will focus all of their attention on their synthetic relationships when they're sitting uh, across the room from somebody they could have a real relationship with, setting all of that aside, I look into the future and I'm still optimistic, but let's be uh, cognizant of the problems that we have today and uh, let's, let's try to make sure that we're not trading quantity of friendships for quality. Because when it comes to friendship, quality counts. All right, next time we'll talk about families and how technology is helping families uh, to be able to build tighter relationships. This one's a little bit easier. All right, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at S. or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklososki.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.